Wir gehen jetzt in den Wassers los. It's Deinen Freundo, Seth, I'm learning German. Yeah, in case you didn't know what that was. That is me trying to impress you with the little German that I know. Right now, I am actually learning German. I took it in high school. I goofed off the entire time. I did some other language learning apps. They taught me things like where the taxi stand is and how to find a bus, um, but not a lot of conversational uh, German. Thankfully, that's what Babbel is all about. Babbel teaches you language conversationally, which let's face it, that is what you want to know anyway. I don't know. When I was in school, you learned like how to count. You learned like the colors. You learned the shapes. Those are all important things, but they don't help you when you're in uh, like Cologne, Germany with Ein Nierenstein, which by the way is German for kidney stone, uh, an experience I can unfortunately speak personally to. But I've been using Babbel to learn to speak German again, uh, better than I have before. I actually really like it because it is conversational. It's a little bit more relaxed. One of the things that it does that I really like is it'll sometimes show you what the literal English translation is. And I don't know why, but I find that very helpful in sort of understanding the structure, the grammar of a language and sort of putting myself into that mind space. Since I'm only in Germany for Gamescom, which is like a week, week and a half, I'm not immersed in the German language. I'm not immersed in German culture. So what I do is the second best thing. I'm taking Babbel. Hopefully this year when I go to Germany, I'll be able to impress all the Germans with how much German I know from learning through Babbel. The app has pronunciation recognition, so you'll be able to learn how to speak better with your accent, how to actually properly pronounce the words. That way you won't get made fun of by a, a group of older German men because you said Apfelstrudel and not Apfelstrudel. Um, no, it's really cool. Uh, I'm going to say right now there is a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now you can get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners because you guys are the best ones, by the way, at babbel.com slash realm. Get 60% off at babbel.com slash realm. That is spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash realm. Rules and restrictions may apply. Visible is a wireless carrier that is not invisible. It is pretty clear from the name. Actually, radio waves are invisible. And I can say this with authority as a licensed amateur radio operator. That being said, Visible won't be giving you the power to see light outside the visible spectrum. It's actually way better because having that ability would make getting around very difficult and distracting. What you do get with Visible is unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. You get one line of wireless, just $25 a month, which is great in these times of economic uncertainty. That is one line for $25, taxes and fees included. So whatever you're doing at this moment, please stop. Switch immediately. Now, monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Listen. Hello and welcome to NBC IGN's Nintendo Podcast. I'm your host, Casey DeFridis, and today I am joined by Miranda Sanchez. Hello. Tom Marks. Hello. And Pear Snyder. Hello. Today, of course, we're going to be talking about Pokemon and the huge press release that they did yesterday, as well as some Mario Maker stuff and our most wanted game collections and a bunch of other things. Nice. Let's kick it off with Pokemon, because that's what we're most excited about. Heck Yeah. So, so much <laughs> of it. There is also so much of it. Yeah, it was really weird because we're watching this on the couch kind of casually because yeah. we had someone covering it. And so many kids were like, we'll, we'll be on standby in case you guys need anything. Mm -hmm. And, of course, like the office is super quiet. Everyone is cleared up by 6 o'clock except for a few people. And, like, the first announcement, I was already screaming. <laughs> it, was, it was very goofy. Um, so the first thing that they announced was Detective Pikachu's sequel. Two. Yeah, it's like Maybe. two. But then we don't the know continuation. the continuation. Yeah, the continuation <laughs> of the story and it has its own separate ending from the movie. So okay. if you played the game, it is very different from the movie, but there are definitely beats that are similar. Uh, you can check out a whole feature there about that mm -hmm. on IGN.com. And uh, so it's very exciting to know that they are actually making a conclusion to this game because I was worried that because it was on 3DS, maybe they don't really want to keep pushing it. Maybe they'll just do a port to Switch. And it turns out that they're doing just the whole sequel on the Switch 
which is very exciting. I'm yep. kind of hoping it comes packaged with a Switch port of the original Detective Pikachu as well. Mm. I think it'd be nice. But that was one of the things that you predicted. Mm-hmm. And the other thing that I predicted was that they would announce the mobile game that uh, Dina was working on. And they've also done previous Nintendo mobile games. And they announced that too, Pokemon Masters. Right. It's going to be a mobile game that comes out this year uh, where you can play alongside Pokemon trainers from past and present games. And they didn't show much gameplay no. of this, but it almost looked like instead of making Pokemon parties, you make little groups of three trainers, like mm-hmm. Misty and Brock were in this mm-hmm. person's group, and then use those guys to fight other trainers. And it looked like a 3v3 Pokemon battle, but with slightly different mechanics. And yeah. I'm guessing now it's going to be a gotcha game. <laughs> where you um, have no. to, yeah, where you have to get the Pokemon trainers and their partner Pokemon. And Miranda and I were talking about this earlier. We think that Lance, for example, might come with multiple different partner Pokemon, and you can pull off like a three-star version with like a Dratini, and then a five-star mm. version with a Dragonite. Yep, that's so, our guess. Yeah, so. it's like that, that's where they add in like different costumes and other things. Mm-hmm. That way, you kind of want to keep collecting <clears throat> these like master trainers, right? Right. So that's two more. Oh well. Pikachu is a sequel, but two yeah. more s- spin-offs from yeah. the main franchise. Mm-hmm. Well, so on an annualized franchise already. We got yeah. the remake last year. So We're many. getting the new mm-hmm. one this year. We've gotten obviously Rumble and other mm-hmm. spin-offs and now these. And, I, and that's not even it yet. No, there's more. There are there were four main announcements, but I think five because the fifth yeah. last announcement was I was very excited very for it. <laughs> but um Well, I had, I had a question about the Detective Pikachu thing just because they did leave it a little bit open-ended. What are the odds in your mind, Miranda, as the Detective Pikachu expert in the office, um, of this essentially being a one plus, like a remaster that also concludes the story rather than just being... Because that's what they said, right? Is They said, finally, this game is going to get a conclusion to its cliffhanger ending on Switch. And then they left the door open. So mm. it could just be like, maybe it'll be like a Persona thing where they just add a little bit and I they finish hope it? not. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like there's, I mean, there are things that they could change to maybe make it a little bit more interesting for older audiences because mm-hmm. if you play Detective Pikachu, you know this, it's a game made, meant for kids. Mm. Like I think more so than any of the Pokemon games. Um, so what told me that, not only because of like the challenge of it, it's, it's not very hard, um, but also you can play in just hiragana if you're playing in Japanese, mm. which is like ah. meant for like to be a little bit more accessible for kids who don't know kanji. Yeah, um, like us. Yeah, <laughs> us kids. <laughs> um, so like that's just kind of keeps indicating that like this is meant for people who like for kids or at least younger audiences, and they could maybe scale up some of the difficulty, but that would be a lot of reworking the game. And mm-hmm. honestly, I'd just rather see a full sequel because I really like those characters so much yeah. and I like what it does with the world of Pokemon and I want more of that. But if mm-hmm. but if it's a true continuation, this is the the franchise has now hopped platforms. So mm-hmm. they, they can't just say, oh, you know, to catch up on the story, play the previous game because you can't put it in your Switch. Mm-hmm. So right. that's why I think there is, either there'll be a catch-up movie or something that recounts the yep. events or or the original game is in there. You never know. They just named yeah. something a, a plus plus, so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, speaking <laughs> of which. can do whatever. They announced Pokemon Sleep. Pokemon company. Yeah. That goes yeah. with the Pokemon Plus word plus plus sign. So Pokemon Plus Plus. Yeah, no, we all just shook our heads and we're just like, are you serious? Come on, Nintendo. So like, Come on, Pokemon. When I heard this, uh, I shared this with you guys, but um, I remember it was either me or Matt, Matt Casmasina back in the days. We wrote a headline. Literally, it was something like, Nintendo wants to put you to sleep. And this is, um, this is I don't know, it's got to be in the early 2000s where they had an idea for um, for some game that interacted with you while you were asleep or something. <laughs> and then in 2014, they actually, um, you know, they, they filed a patent for a device that was supposed to sit next to your bed to measure sleep patterns. And that's and, exactly what this does. And feelings. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and interact with you in some fashion. But this, I mean, this it never came out. They kind of left all that quality of life stuff behind. So this seems like it's a continuation of Yeah. Life. So the app is in collaboration with Niantic. And and they presented it with a trailer um, talking about how many kilometers everyone has walked playing Pokemon mm-hmm. Go and how they were able to make something as simple as walking entertaining and engaging. And now they want to do the same thing with sleep because sleep is also important for your health, just yep. like walking is. Mm-hmm. And the Pokemon Plus Plus is a disc-shaped Pokeball that you're meant to put on your bed next to you. And it works like 
the phone phones do when they track your sleep. And there's an accelerometer inside that will track how long you sleep and how your quality of sleep is. And I'm wondering if the technology is any better than what's already in smartphones. Yeah, I actually haven't used any of them, so I'm really curious. Like, I think it's always fun seeing my friends and like siblings post their sleep patterns. Like, oh, I slept so terribly tonight. I'm like, <laughs> it's that's a lot to like track, but if it's helpful for you, that's good. Um, so I'm curious, like, how they gamify that. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. oh, I slept real well tonight, plus mm. 100 points. You know, it's, yeah. it's yeah. kind of goofy <laughs> to see that, but I think maybe just more fun. It's like, well, I'm already sleeping, so. Um, I'm curious to see like what sort of other functions it has aside from just sitting next to you. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of made a joke. It's like, well, I'm kind of glad that I live alone so that we don't have to bother anybody with this. Um, <laughs> and because I'm like, does it have like some sort of noise pattern before? Because in the video they showed like a Pikachu going to sleep next to this person. And so it kind of indicates to me that Pokemon, of course, would be at play in this and somehow. So it's like, do they make kind of like that mm-hmm. white noise, you know, you know, Pokemon noises i guess for I, you to go I to sleep or like a, a snoring sound suddenly i'm super on not. board with this no no white, no, no white noise with i don't want a snorlax yeah, but what if you can choose your pokemon yeah what if they have like a set of packs of like you can choose these pokemon noises fall asleep like i put on like rain sounds every time i go to sleep just because it's like just helps Look. me like keep focused on like literally nothing and just go to sleep the only sound i want is mr mime no i don't want any noise <laughs> when i'm asleep okay but but what if that's an option okay right like so that's you, what you i was thinking so it's like if it could be really disturbing, right? Because, like, if I'm thinking about people who, like, have other people in their room or sleeping with you, yeah, they probably don't want, like, Pikachu I, noises. I want that. That is no. the thing I See, want. I don't want that. And I don't want to talk to anybody about well, it. Well, also, if you share a bed with someone, it'll then pick up their movements as well. So it just won't work. Yeah, so it's like, yeah, just alone. It's only me. It's oh, great. Oh, God. You, you, you <laughs> all fancy. Everybody's so happy about single in 2019. <laughs> yeah. So you can uh, track your... Pokemon sleep better. So creepy. And the Pokemon Plus Plus can also be used as a Pokemon Plus. And I'm wondering if you can use Pokemon Sleep without the apparatus. Because like you said, like that function is already in smartphones. Right. Mm. So you probably can be able I, to. Yep. I think so, because you can use the Pokemon Go without Pokemon Go Plus. Yeah. Right? It's got to be just a, a An little extra added thing. additional yeah. function mm-hmm. that just makes it a little bit more fun. Yeah. 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 Those uh, sleeping Pikachu noises. And <laughs> well, it's a, I mean, it's a good, it's a cool story. I think Nintendo sometimes is fishing for headlines. Like Wii Fit was a pretty big success just because it combined video games, which people thought were, you know, bad for your health in a way. And we'll get to that in a second. <laughs> um, and and they got a lot of headlines with with trying to actually make video games good for you, right? As a workout, and and that kind of spawned this entire uh, this entire genre for a couple of years. And I feel like they'll get some good headlines with this because everybody says, "What the hell is this?" Yeah. And um, might be cool. Yeah. Yeah, but no sounds, please. <laughs> I wouldn't mind it. I would like the option for sounds. Yeah. Okay. White noise. Option White for sounds <laughs> for Pokemon noise. <laughs> and lastly, we learned about Pokemon Home, which is going to be replacing Pokemon Bank, or mm-hmm. seems to be replacing Pokemon Bank in early 2020. And they showed a graphic that you um, showing the logos for Pokemon Go, Pokemon Let's Go, Pokemon Sword and Shield, and Pokemon Bank with arrows pointing to Pokemon Home. And then arrows pointing back and forth between Sword and Shield. Yeah. So basically, it is a cloud-based service, an app for your Switch and your smartphone. And you will be able to transfer your Pokemon from all of those games into Pokemon Home and then back and forth between Sword and Shield and Home. And the coolest thing about this is that you'll be able to trade Pokemon with your just your phone with so, someone else with Pokemon Home. So mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. So very cool. Which yeah. is really neat. And they also said that they are working on additional features to allow you to interact with your Pokemon through Pokemon Home as well. That's the best. There like, there will be there will be thousands of people trying to figure out how to duplicate Pokemon just between the two devices. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Trying to make that happen. And so you guys are happy succeed. because that's all you're going to do now. We we didn't get really many more details though no. beyond no. just like I think we're kind of all assuming the, a lot of it based on arrows, right? Mm-hmm. And I hope it works that way and it seems like it would would probably not work. And, any and we don't know if it costs money either, right? We don't know if um, you have to pay so subscription. So Pokemon Bank is $5 a right. year, and I think that's completely reasonable for a service like that. $5 a year is nothing. Yeah, it's fine. Um, it did. It was scary because if you your subscription lapses, you don't have an option to automatically re-up. And if mm. you let the subscription lap for long enough, your Pokemon will be deleted, which has happened to people on Pokemon Bank. Ooh, so sad. Yeah, Permadeath. it's really sad. I was kind of scared. I hadn't re-upped my Pokemon Bank for like three months after. Oh my god! And I was like, oh no! And I was 
looking on. I was just super nervous, and I turned it on, and everything was still there. It's like, oh, okay. Oh, okay. So it keeps it for some times after, but, you know, I'm not really sure when that ends. But Pokemon Home <laughs> will be an app on your phone, so it'll be a lot easier to keep up with. Get your money. At this point, 3DS, I'm not playing the 3DS very often. Yeah. So I go a couple of months without picking it up sometimes. Sorry, 3DS. I have switched <laughs> now. And um, last um, announcement for Pokemon shirts. So we talked about this on MVC a long time ago um, about Pokemon shirts by Original Stitch, which are like business and fancy shirts that you can customize. They're kind of like um, Tom shirt. Yeah, they're just they really actually, nice button ups. Yeah, they're really nice button ups that just, you can customize entirely. Looking at the video, I just realized that I completely blend into the oh, wall no, behind you. Oh, no, you do. It just looks like a floating head. Oh. Sorry. You can just and imagine that, I. podcast listeners. I'm super excited. So these were originally Japan only. And getting them to America was kind of hard. <laughs> They're all custom order is yeah. the big thing. So they like you make can't them. just buy a shirt. Like you have to say, I want this this pattern. I want it like this. And then they'll they take like your make measurements and you. everything. Yeah, so it's very professional. And you know, we were bummed because it's like, well, we have contacts in Japan. We have IG in Japan. And if we really wanted to, we could order one through them. But then we have to like pay for the extra shipping and like just right. the process of getting it all together was just a lot mm -hmm. and so them announcing it for north america and europe was just just cheers around the room it was great i've never been more excited to spend a hundred dollars in my life yeah it's kind of silly because but <laughs> you have to look at the patterns like they are so good and some mm -hmm. of them are so subtle too and just like really really nice and you can make the shirt so that the main like pattern of the shirt is just a plain color and then kind of spruce it up with a a Charizard collar or mm. like a Magikarp pocket or just you can make really neat designs. Actually, if you watch the Pokemon press conference that was on um, Tuesday, every all of the pre presenters were wearing Pokemon shirts mm -hmm. oh. and they were just super spiffy. And Janet actually came up. She's like, oh, but like what shirt is he wearing? It's cool. <laughs> and immediately after they were like, oh, and Pokemon shirts, the original stitch. Neat. Yeah. I mean, they're definitely making good on their promise to have Nintendo brands and more Mm -hmm. uh, lifestyle products yeah. and just doing a lot more with apparel too. So yeah. that's cool. I always love uh, any sort of like geek wear mm -hmm. or licenses that just look a little bit more professional mm -hmm. or like mm -hmm. dressed up just because I'm, I'm a little over wearing a bunch of t-shirts. I don't want that anymore. Yeah. And so having the option to have like a nice button up that I can pair with a bow or something is just awesome. I didn't know you had t-shirts. Yeah, she wears yeah. t-shirts. Okay. I wear them very rarely. Okay. You have like a cool, like mean Pikachu shirt. Yeah, I don't that's know. A crop top. I kind of say okay. So, so it is not it's a, not a t-shirt. It's styled. Yeah. It's still yeah. It's a stylish t-shirt. Let yeah. that slide. <laughs> but my one of my favorite moments of this conference were was entirely oh. unrelated to Pokemon. Um, so they at the very beginning, after talking about Detective Pikachu the movie, they brought on Hiro Matsuoka um, from the Toho company. And Toho is the distributor of Detective Pikachu in Japan that also worked on Godzilla, yep. which is a movie coming out this weekend. And as he introduced himself, he also said, oh, by the way, we also worked on Godzilla, and you should see it. And when it went back to Ishihara, the president of the Pokemon company, he said, thanks for mentioning that which had nothing to do with Pokemon. <laughs> and because we're watching it being translated and dubbed in real time, it's very difficult to see if this was a planned goof or, or, <laughs> or just like a little awkward. He's like, yeah, yeah, because... Um, I bet it, it was, was planned. Hilarious. I, I bet. It I was hope planned. it wasn't though. I yeah. hope it wasn't planned. Yeah, when Matsuoka <laughs> went up, like it was like, I know this isn't part of this, but I just want to say this really quick. Yeah. And it was I don't know, like there's some good clips of it on Twitch that you guys should probably check out. It's mm -hmm. very should good. definitely watch it. And he was brought on because he's now um part of the board of the directors in, of Pokemon. Mm -hmm. Which is so very this is his interesting. And Godzilla. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. And, <laughs> and Godzilla. Got all of the monsters. Pocket oh, monsters oh. and otherwise. Yeah, the fierce ones. And the cute ones. Wow, maybe there will be a fierce. monster verse that crosses over. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't you know, know if I want that. You, get, you, you guys know. have to stop saying things that like I just immediately want and shouldn't. Because <laughs> well, it's happened a lot. This if day. you're interested, hmm? uh, but there have been a lot of really cool Godzilla crossovers. So yeah. there was that. There was Mothra one with, versus yeah, uh, and, uh, Butterfree. Yeah. <laughs> there's also one with uh, Evangelion. So it wasn't actually a movie or anything, but they did crossover merchandise, huh. and it was really That's cool. neat. Uh, so yeah, there's like a lot of Evangelion has done that. a lot of crossovers. Yeah, they did a Puzzle and Dragons tired, crossover. Tired brand. You could definitely <laughs> take select Pokemon and have them as, as stand-ins for some of the Toho monsters. That but um, if you guys cool. are for fun so, up. I actually Googled Godzilla Pokemon news because I wanted to get the name of the, the um, managing director, 
and one of the top search results was uh, Godzilla Pokemon fan fiction. Oh. oh so no. abort, abort, well, abort. I didn't click on the link, don't. but it exists. <laughs> At least seven fan fictions of that crossover don't. exists. So uh, <laughs> crossover potential aside, I think this is just an interesting move for Pokemon and having you know someone from Toho as a board member just indicates that they really want to keep doing more movies mm-hmm. yes. which we know like they've always make uh, Pokemon movies but uh, maybe on like a larger scale maybe more live action so we know that there's going to be another Detective Pikachu movie and yeah. who knows what else I really hope they start a Pokemon cinematic universe that'd be <laughs> awesome sure. I want the big legendaries to destroy a city this, this conference if I may real quick it was really interesting to see a company just do this it's, it felt disconnected from Nintendo in a very big way, yeah. it, and not not in like a bad way. Yeah, it just didn't feel like a Nintendo conference. Mm-hmm. Speaking of that, I actually noticed um, Nintendo proper's Twitter account did not tweet anything about this conference. Right, and so I was like, maybe is this like super like off the vein of Nintendo stuff, which it kind of was in a way. And it's especially uh, funny with the direct coming next yeah. week. Yeah, so it's just kind of interesting to see that those messaging differences, right? Mm-hmm. There's weird. I mean, you you've seen this in the in the past with companies, the you know, for example, Sony and Psygnosis, if you remember the company behind Wipeout in the early days. They were kind of with some of the subsidiaries, there there there's some weird disconnects where they don't cross over the brands, how they promote each other and it's very strict and it's almost impossible to take to tell from the outside. And mm-hmm. you know, Psygnosis famously announced Wipeout 64 while it was still a Sony subsidiary, and that caused all sorts of uh, weirdness. Right. Mm. And I could imagine something like that happening with the Pokemon company, hmm. too. Yeah. And Sorry, we have no one worries. more thing before yeah. we move on to Pokemon. It's okay. Yeah. No, I was going to say something, too. But Okay. The Pokemon Centers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that because <laughs> I'm still like salty. I, re- yeah. I wish I was here for this to watch you guys yeah. watch have, this. It was very entertaining. <laughs> yeah. It was. It was very yeah, entertaining. We had our phones out. We are like tweeting. It was just screeching the whole the, time. Okay. Pretty much. Okay. Uh, so they were going to talk about Pokemon Center news, and they have like a, a store in Singapore, kind of a flagship thing. And they're like, as we have another Pokemon Center to announce. Or it's like, please, San Francisco, please. Anywhere and in North America. It's in Shibuya. Another so like, Tokyo. The yeah. third Tokyo Pokemon Center. Shibuya has everything already. Come on. Yeah, I'd love no, 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 Shibuya. It's but Shibuya, Kansas. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, it's in, it's, in a new, it's in a new shopping center in Shibuya. And sure, Shibuya is more convenient to get to than Ikebukuro and the Mega Tokyo one. Actually, is that the Mega Tokyo one? And then there's a Pokemon there's Cafe one. Pokemon Cafe in, um, I forget where it is. I think it's kind of by Ginza. I don't remember. Anyway, okay. um, but that's the, that has yeah. the Pokemon Cafe. And yeah. Yeah, it's own Pokemon Center. Anyway, they announced it and they showed like a little layout plan. It was like really cool. But it includes not, Mewtwo. Yeah, but it's not here, so yeah. I don't care. Right. <laughs> we'll continue the lobby for one. And we didn't talk about any Sword and Shield news because there is a full uh, Sword and Shield Direct, which should be about 15 minutes long, on June 5th at 6 a.m., uh, Pacific Standard Time. So we'll talk about that next week. It's, right before E3. Yeah. What is going to be their E3 then? Is Pokemon Animal Crossing. Pokemon it's it? really weird that they're They'll breaking out do... Pokemon beforehand. But again, that goes back to the the kind of separate companies and yeah. kind of, you know, still I, linked. Yeah, I kind of yeah. appreciate it just because it gives me time to focus and like mm-hmm. be excited about Pokemon before everything else at E3 because it, it does end up being so hectic that we don't have a lot of time to follow up on things mm-hmm. that we're not directly True. covering. So now, I, now we have time to just talk yeah. about it and have a good mm-hmm. time. I'm sure we'll get some Treehouse gameplay at E3. Yeah. But um, anyway, now on to some news. Uh, first of all, so we haven't really heard a whole lot about Cadence of Hyrule, Crypt of the Necrodancer. Yeah. But uh, if you're watching this on Thursday, which is uh, May 30th, it might be out right now. Because the source code of Nintendo of America game page says a May 30th release date. And that matches up with a Nintendo Europe email that said it would also be released in May. I was uh, checking the eShop to see if it was coming but up. The servers are uh, being maintained. Right? Yeah, the servers oh. are down yeah. for a bit. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to this. I look, I, the Legend of Zelda soundtracks are so good yeah. to have a game that, you know, playfully uses the soundtrack and the beat of, of many of those great hits. Um, it's, it's just something that's right up my alley. And then Crypt of the Necrodancer was really fun, too. Mm-hmm. The original. I- Desperately want to get a DDR pad and <laughs> here at IGN, I want that to be a thing to happen. Is can this... we stream it? Can we stream that? Yes. All right. DDR In pad. this tiny room. No. So, uh, <laughs> is it a Tomish game? Yes and no. I mean, it, I'm I'm very very excited for Cadence of Hyrule. I, I'm really excited to play it. 
I wasn't crazy into Crypto the Necrodancer, mm-hmm. uh, mostly just because it's a very, very hard roguelike. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah. Uh, I'm hoping that this will be maybe a more accessible Zelda-y take on that gameplay. Uh, so I'm excited for it for sure. One thing I will point out that's interesting about this date because it's an internal date, right? It's like just in the back end of the server code to make it May 30th. One of the things that does, because it's official date if you go to the Nintendo list of upcoming games on the Nintendo Switch it's site, spring. Mm-hmm. it says spring 2019. But because of that, and I, this is an assumption, but because of that internal May 30th date, it is listed in that list after the games that come out on May 30th and before the games that come out at the beginning of June. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So in this list of c- coming games, it's right at the end of spring is is where it's positioned because of, I think, because of the internal date. I base that mostly off of how Steam works. Mm-hmm. So Steam, even if a game doesn't say release date is, if it says coming soon, you can put in an internal, like behind the scenes back end release date, and then it'll show up on the coming soon list, even though the release date just says 2019 or whatever. So it could be that they were using this May 30th release date as a way to position it on an upcoming list it, and not necessarily an internal secret actual sense. release that, date. That's okay. what we did, by the way. Our systems for IGN when we entered records for games, um, it used to be that you couldn't just put in Q1, Q2. You had to pick a date in oh. the quarter. GameStop did that too. And so you always pick the last day in the quarter. Right. And then you usually have a display date you use to override, like a text field. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's a sorting date and a display date. So we'll see if this is anything. It I, might I wouldn't, be nothing. I that wouldn't hold my breath, but I really want this game to be out. I, yeah. I got to be honest, I've, I'm playing mostly games on my other two consoles right now, and I need something mm-hmm. new on Switch. So. Happy to get some. <laughs> Me too. Yep. So always down for more Zelda music. Yep. Yeah. Always. In less overtly happy news, I guess <laughs> neutral news, it's interesting. Um, the World Health Organization has officially recognized gaming disorder as a disease. Mm-hmm. Um, and this will take effect in January 2022, which is quite a while's long ways away. Mm-hmm. Um, and as reported by BG247, they said the World Health Organization defines the gaming disorder disease as a pattern of gaming behavior, digital gaming or video gaming, characterized by impaired control over gaming, increasing priority given to gaming over the activities to the extent that, man, this is gaming a lot. Yeah. Guys. Yeah. Um, that gaming takes precedence over other interests in daily activities and continuation or escalation of gaming despite the occurrence of negative consequences. Yes. And for this to take hold, that behavior needs to be followed for 12 months before it is recognized as a disorder as well. And pair? No, no. I was <laughs> just thinking that there, there's been a lot of negative reaction to mm-hmm. this to this news when, in fact, it, you should react to this positively yeah. because they're not saying gaming is a disease. They're not saying when you're loving a game and you're putting in 10 hours, you have a disease. Yeah. Just like you know, enjoying eating. Or, you know, maybe working out and fasting are not disorders per se, but there are eating disorders yes. when something becomes excessive. And that that's what this is describing. And We've heard of people dying from not sleeping because yes. they were they were so engrossed with a game or playing online that they wouldn't stop. I mean, there are like things built into games to make them a little addictive. Mm-hmm. And so like having this is essentially like a protection for people to get the help that they need and honestly like through insurance and then have it covered because if it's recognized as a disorder then they can like seek help and get help yep and that's that's the thing that is the positive about this for people who do have actual problems with it they can now get help from their insurance to seek the therapy and any medications or anything that they need i I kind of like understand why people had like the knee-jerk reaction of like oh they're targeting the gamers well gaming Mm -hmm. disorder is it is a dumb name for it. Yeah, yeah. I, I see why, because there's always that those criticisms about, like, how much games is too much, you know, mm-hmm. and, and it's been, like, kind of hounded on for a long time, but it's it's kind of one of those moments where it's like, I understand what the what the reaction was, but take a step back and, like, really look at it and understand, like, why it is a good thing for this yeah. to recognize as something. And then, you know, people, people are saying, well, what about, you know, reading books too much or watching movies too much, right? Why is there no movie disorder? And there, there are obviously issues with people obsessing over one thing so much that they, that they forget everything else. They forget to eat or take a break. But as you said, games do have certain reward mechanisms built into them that can be, that can be just, you know, candy for people who have an addictive personality and yep. that's where the issue comes in right and you can keep watching movies but there's a point when you kind of have you're forced <laughs> to stop right 
Like, you have to go change your movie or you have to ch- select the next one because they don't go on yeah. for hours and hours on end where if you're, like, playing an MMO or something, that's never going to sign you out, yeah. right? Like, mm-hmm. you can just keep going unless there's a server maintenance. And, and, and there's just different behaviors associated with those kinds of things. Not to say that you can't be overly addicted to movies or any other form of entertainment, but the way games work as an entertainment we consume is just a lot different. Yep. Yeah. And addiction is anything that become takes precedence over everything else in your life. So if you're playing video games to the point where you stop going to work mm-hmm. and lose all of your relationships and become unhealthy and lose the rest of your life to it, that is when it becomes a problem. It's not like, I'm going to take a day off so I can play Monster Hunter all day, but then I go back to my life and my responsibilities the next day. Like, that's not a problem, but... Why do I feel like that's a real-world example, Casey? I don't know what you're uh-huh. talking about, Tom. <laughs> so, I, as, as a kid, I ignored my girlfriend long enough for her to get really, really upset with me over playing video games, mm-hmm. um, some of which may have been Donkey Kong and Dig Dog. <laughs> um, so, early days. But um, I, I would never not take a break to go grab something to eat mm-hmm. you know and I, I think there's a there's a step from just you know loving video games maybe a little bit too much that you're forgetting some of your uh, social uh, requirements um to to actually not being able to stop or even just survival requirements yeah, yeah. yeah. I've, you've done all-nighters for games you've loved oh yeah right? absolutely like i remember like when final fantasy 6 came out i stood in line to get it and then i didn't go to sleep all night and played the entire next day and yes i was supposed to go to college but didn't. i did something similar in college mm-hmm. yeah. i i skipped school in high school so i could get a reservation for the Wii. but then i went back to school so it's, it's fine we're not yeah. sick we just love games yeah that's it so also we got a few more details about mario maker co-op mario maker 2 yeah well a lot more details about mario maker 2 in, in general okay but... i'm still confused so okay please explain i will explain for you um, first of all, we have a full hands-on preview of Super Mario Maker 2 from our very own Brian Altano, who is not in this room right now, but he, he did a really, really great preview. You can go to IGN.com uh, or our YouTube channel and watch or read his thoughts on that. Uh, it's really good. I recommend it. But yes, when we first talked about Super Mario Maker 2, when they first did the Direct, we talked about how we didn't think it looked like there was local local multiplayer which has now been confirmed to not be the case. It has local up to four player on the same on a single switch playing together. And that was our biggest worry because we yeah. love the couch co-op mm-hmm. and, co-op and new Super Mario Brothers and it wasn't listed in that spec sheet. And for yeah. the record, we always ask Nintendo yeah. but sometimes the US branch doesn't know exactly what's in the game and they have to ask right. and it takes a while to get back. Sometimes they don't get back to you and then you hear it through some other source which right. happened here. Yeah. Uh the the monkey paw wish that this mm-hmm. has caused where we got one thing we wanted uh, and had to sacrifice something else is that also what was confirmed by uh, a report from Nintendo World Report and then later conf- reconfirmed with Nintendo by Game Explain was that there you cannot play with your friends online in this. Yeah. So the mm-hmm. online network play is a mode where you go in and you get queued with random people online to play some missions and there's leaderboards and you there's no way to select friends That's or do so a friend weird. lobby there's but no way to make do anything it in like the that. same room with separate yes. switches you can either do it the only way to play multiplayer with friends is on a single switch together or across up to four switches with local play yeah i, I feel like the way they represented all of this in the direct was just really backwards the, the messaging was crazy <laughs> off like yeah. nintendo is not one to you know you, you can have a lot of complaints about them here and there but usually they are very good yes. about communicating yeah. messaging in games and i feel like they Really, really blundered this one. Yep. And it's only like that whole direct was great, but that yeah. just the multiplayer <clears throat> section, they really did not make it clear what the deal was because we all thought it had one thing and didn't mm-hmm. have another, and it turned out it didn't have the thing we thought it did, and it <laughs> had the other. So, so I would say, I mean, I am happy it has the one thing I didn't yes. think I'm, it would have. I'm yeah. overjoyed about uh, that. Yeah, the not I'm, playing online with friends to me isn't as big of a deal as the the kind of link up modes. I or completely the agree. agree. If I, I had to choose, but, I would choose to have in person co op on the same. Switch. But it's still mm-hmm. weird because this is you know it, it's still this kind of limited. Uh, it's online setup with this console, which we don't encounter on the PlayStation on the X and the Xbox. Sometimes on those devices, you get people being upset that a co- four-player co-op game may not have matchmaking support for raids or something like that. Right? There are limitations there too. 
but every game launches with the ability to play a multiplayer game with your friends. And we still, in 2019, it's still an option or something they have to manually make happen with this infernal external app, and it's not built into the system. And I just hope Nintendo gets over this hump and has a system. Maybe there will be Xbox Live. We will see what gets announced at right. E3. Um, but like, it's time. It's time for there to be a system-wide system that lets you um, system-wide system <laughs> lets you link up with your friends and play together. Yeah, that was my rant for today. Sorry. No, yep. it was a good rant. Thank you. Very valid. So oh, weird. It's very weird. I agree that I would 100% pick single-screen local co-op over yeah. playing online with friends. But it it's just hilarious to me that. Nintendo went from being like, we don't want you to play with strangers online <laughs> to you can only play with strangers online. That's totally true. Is yeah. very, very strange. Yeah. It's look, it's it's not a it's not a they don't want you to. It's a they are they want to get this product out at a certain date. And this is just the one feature that got cut. So right. hopefully this will be an update. Yeah. I do think Super Mario Maker is one of those games that they will support over time. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, just like we got our battle mode for Mario Kart in the end. And that, I mean, that ad final edition definitely makes it the undisputable king of Mario Kart games. I hope the same thing happens with this game. Yeah. I guess we'll just yeah. have to wait and see. Give us. Gonna, we did. We want everything. I we're, mean, we always we're have never everything, happy. right? No, I mean, I'm like 90% happy. It's Give us pretty, all the monsters. There's Hunter always games. room for also that. You know, yeah. <laughs> fine. Give us all the, the Pokemon. So, um, <laughs> yeah. Konami uh, just announced the Contra Anniversary Collection lineup. Um, and this includes Contra for the arcade, Contra for the NES, Contra for the Famicom, Super Contra, Super C, Contra 3 The Alien Wars, Super Probotector, Alien yeah. Rebels, Contra Hardcore. Uh, wow. Really? Okay. Um, <laughs> no, it's hard car corpse, not hardcore. Isn't it pronounced core? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. But it's <laughs> what a fun. Without an e, just for people who don't know what what it is. It's not hardcore. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, thank you for. I I guess you can't see the text That's that right. I'm reading. C o r p s. Thank you for clarifying. Just Google it. And yeah. uh, Probotector, Operation C. Uh -huh. And uh, yeah, that's a lot. Of, that's a lot of contra games. And then Probotector, obviously, that's the the European name they were trying okay. to uh, uh, avoid. Um, the lore says avoid similarities to the contra affair that was going on at the time. <laughs> Sometimes, though, the truth is that companies looked at trademarks, and there was some trademark that they couldn't compete against, like the Raw Doll um, trademark in the U.S. for Pocket Monsters prevented mm -hmm. Nintendo famously from going with that name in any way or form, and they called it Pokemon uh, from the get-go in the U.S. Um, so maybe it was something like that. Too. Yeah. But that's a good lineup of games, some of which are remades, uh, remakes of previous games. But Yeah, and I we also just yeah. got a huge Castlevania collection. Yeah. The veins. We're getting a ton of collections of a ton of classic older games. What? I'm asking you I, guys. What? I, first of all, I can tell you guys aren't Contra fans. I mean, yeah, because we're not talking I about it, right? I have so many fond <laughs> memories of playing two-player. <laughs> I, I played one of the Contra games. I don't remember which one it was. I... They, I don't even remember which console <laughs> I played it on. Like, I, Did it have big alien care. monsters shooting? Did it have big beefy guys? Yeah, yeah okay. I know. And then you, you, it was a side-scrolling game where you shot things in different directions. So oh, Metal Slug? Oh man, they—they all. <laughs> just, oh no, I'm just trolling. I'm sorry. <laughs> they're very similar to Metal Slug. Um, no, I—I I absolutely, obviously, the Super NES is my favorite console of all time, and Contra Three. I just have a soft spot for it. And that—that that game, I remember playing it with my friend on easy, and we got to this bad ending. We're like, oh man, that sucks. And so we—we oh. we then played it on the, or maybe it was on normal, and then we played it on the harder difficulty level, and the boss you defeat at the end comes back to life. And it was just such a cool revelation. Mm. We didn't know that mm. when we were playing that game at the time. Was Contra it one of the... Contra was one of the first games with the Konami code in it. That's wasn't right. It? That's right, yeah. Which is mm -hmm. up, down, up, down, left, right, left, right. Up, e. up, down, down. Up, mm -hmm. up, up, down, down. Left, right, left, left right, right, BA, right, right, start. B All right. Start. There we go. Now you know the Contra code. I'm sorry I butchered it. It's no. been a while. Uh, okay. No, but th it's a I, it's not, I, not exactly like a useful life skill. Look, Ko Konami took a big beating with the breakup with with Kojima and the death of Metal Gear. Um, it's cool that at least they're going back to these classic collections and and creating them. I wish they put a little bit more work into the museum aspect of these games. Made yeah. them truly great, but. Um, if this is what gets them back into you know, revis revisiting some of those franchises, I'm all for it. 
That's what the uh, yeah. the Mega Man collections have been mm-hmm. doing really well. Is Cap- like all the concept art. Yeah, and Capcom the, the does extras. a great job with yeah, this. Give, yeah, give us something a little extra yeah. with it too. Not yeah. just, I mean, sure, just the games are great, but also we want more. Yeah. So. <laughs> Konami's been um, been spending a lot more time on their pachinko and yeah, gambling yeah. machines, and so hopefully those, this drags them back in because those th- parlors are ridiculous. And yeah, and obviously it's a business de- decision, but. They're not done with gaming, and I hope mm-hmm. this brings us back. Uh, maybe we'll have a Konami renaissance in the future. <laughs> yeah. Right? I mean, these uh, these collections are always just nice, especially for people like me who didn't maybe grow up with some of these, or most of these systems. Uh, so, like, getting to kind of go back and, like, see what people liked about them yeah. is nice. They're, and Konami sits on a treasure trove is of Contra awesome 3 your games. favorite out of the collection? Um, yeah, yeah. It's just because because of memories. I don't know if it's the best game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Paris says Contra 3 is the best. No, it isn't. So, <laughs> so My favorite and not the best. Okay. Okay. That's fair. Mm-hmm. So what collection of games would you want to see come to the Switch Ooh. that we haven't gotten yet? You this is like fine. brand new? Or yeah, brand or new. Any, any collection of collection games. Of okay. any games. Reasonable. Obviously not the yeah. Halo co- Master yeah. Chief collection. Reasonable. Yeah. Okay. Like could come to <laughs> Nintendo. <laughs> that would be really weird. You guys start. I, I talked the whole time. Uh, mine, mine. I had to think about it a little bit, but I, I want Kirby, man. There's yep. so many old Kirby games that I haven't really had a chance to really go through, and Superstar is basically just a collection in its own right, but it's designed to be that way yeah. um, to a certain extent. And I want that, but then I would also just love to get all like the old DS games. Like Canvas Curse is a little bit lost to time to me, although it's Ooh. a little was, funny. Was that the one with the, you'd with the make drawing, the rainbow? Yeah. yeah. That you one could, was really oh, fun. You could do that yeah. on the uh, on yeah. the Switch for sure. Yeah. Exactly. That's I a think, good idea. I think that there's a lot of opportunity. I'd, and uh, honestly, if we're talking DS games in general, and I don't think this will ever happen, but I'd love to see a DS collection that you play sideways on the Switch. Oh, Where you hold the Switch, I'm gonna do this for the camera folk, but you hold the Switch vertically and the top it screen splits. is on the top half and the bottom screen is on the bottom half and it uses a touch screen. Cause there's nothing that would necessarily stop so, that from happening. Hold on, would that? you need all new console uh, controllers to make that's, that happen? That's the only problem is you'd have to have something like the flip grip, yeah. which is a third party thing that Nintendo's never yeah. gonna just officially endorse, but yeah. third party developers own. could okay. potentially endorse and I mean, obviously, and yeah, you could get it, you could ship it with a stand and obviously play it with uh, right. so tabletop mode. Yeah, but, they'd have to figure out a way to do a new stand that's yeah. like official and in a different way. See, I just think I that would cool. cool. I think, cool. yeah, that's cool. Okay. I thought about that too. I was going to say Advance Wars because I love those games so much, <laughs> but then I'm like, well, most of them are DS games, and so it could work. Yeah, could, but yeah. I mean, d- we haven't seen like you could. Go back to Game Boy Wars. You could include that in the in the collection. Well, the funny thing about the DS too is that there is a still sold system that can run original DS mm-hmm. games, right? Yep. Like the 3DS can still just play DS games. That's true. Yeah, <laughs> which is sort of insane to think about mm-hmm. given how old the DS is. Yeah. Okay, I'll tell you my my dream collection. Okay. I feel like we've seen Kirby so much that right. I want to All go right. back. I want to go back to uh, franchises that we haven't seen in a while to bring those back. And so, at the top of my my list is F Zero. I'm a Ooh. huge fan of the F Zero racers. I've written some of the strategy guides. Please don't look at them. Um, <laughs> well, now we have to. Absolutely. Uh, so you know, <laughs> fell, fell in love with F Zero back on the uh, Super NES just because the the Mode Seven stuff was so mind boggling. That was back in 1990. I played uh, Maximum Velocity on GBA. I think I wrote the guide for that. GP Legend. I may have written the guide for that. <laughs> F Zero GX. I definitely wrote the guide for that. And wow. then um, the AX version was the arcade only version. Yeah. Now the X- AX courses are actually in GX, they're really, really deeply hidden in that game. But I would love it if the collection had all those games plus the AX version, which has subtle differences uh, with arcade, uh, have the emulated arcade version. And then there was F Zero Climax, which came out in 2004, which ironically was the Climax because we never got another game after that. That was a GBA kind of like supersized version of, of Legend, same developer made that. We've never never released in the West. It would be so easy to localize that. And, uh, you know, with Captain Falcon being alive and well in Smash Brothers, it feels like they need to keep this franchise alive. So if they're not making a new one, at least give us this. Yep, that'd be nice. Yep. There you go. Miranda? Um, so mine's kind of specific and maybe a little weird. So 
It's not unknown. It's Zelda. But I want them to focus on bringing together the handheld games. Mm. So okay. kind of like the, the weird ones, right? Like, so Oracle Seasons, Oracle of Ages, mm. Minish Cap. Yep. And I know, like, Phantom Hourglass, and everyone loves it, or Spirit Tracks. But I would like to see those all in a big collection where you can just kind of go and revisit them. And I think there's, like, just so much history among all of the handheld Zelda games that they've had. And there's just a lot of experimental cool stuff with them that yeah. I, would, I just want to play those. So, I love Minish Cap. So I would, I mean, Zelda collections, we, we've seen, yeah. you know, obviously the GameCube Zelda collection disc mm-hmm. and stuff like that before. Um, I would love that too, especially mm-hmm. if they include some of the behind the scenes stuff because yeah. the Oracle games that you mentioned, um, they, it, it was supposed to be a trilogy. And mm-hmm. folks were just talking about this on the uh, NVC Facebook group. Um, uh, I think John Ricciardi, um, you know, friend of the show, uh, former EGM, uh, writer, he posted an image of the original art of the Triforce of Courage, Wisdom, oh. whatever, like mm-hmm. the the three games that were supposed to come out, and then Capcom Ooh. downscaled it to mm. only two games, and they changed the titles to Oracle of Agents, Ages and Seasons. Mm. But it was supposed to be a trilogy, and we don't know all the stuff that they designed for it and what changed. It'd be so cool to get that like behind the scenes stuff for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And I Min- want that. Minish Cap too is such a good game that. I feel like doesn't get enough credit in the 2D Zelda universe mm-hmm. a lot of the time just because it, it feels like a little bit of a black sheep in that it wasn't developed. It was developed by Sega, Capcom, somebody else. It was Capcom, else. Was well, Capcom. Capcom did the Aegis one. Yeah, uh, then it was Oracle developed by Capcom too. also, mm-hmm. but I, I don't know. It just feels like I love that game and I want, it, yeah, I want right? more people to have a chance to play it who Me haven't. Too. That yeah, was, I Growing up, I was like super big Nintendo handheld kid, so like I had all of them and just loved them and played so many games on them. And those are the ones that I feel like I, of course, you can go back to them mm-hmm. if you have handles and stuff. Yeah. But I want to go back to those on my Switch. Mm-hmm. I think that's a great idea doing a specific. Yeah. Like they could even split it up into kind of like the console age, the handheld age, and then the 3D age or something. And Do the classic three volumes. Classic handheld and there you go. Yeah. Give them to me. And modern. Absolutely. <laughs> That's my answer, too. That's what I want. That's it? <laughs> well, I was thinking about Pokemon as well, but because every, everyone wants to play the original Pokemon games on their Switch and then be able mm-hmm. to transfer those Pokemon into like Pokemon Sword and Shield, for example. But you can already play a lot of those. If you have a 3DS, like you can play most of the classic Pokemon games. Like, all of them, really. But what about a Pokemon spinoff collection? I was thinking about that too. Ooh. Yeah. There's so many. There are remember Puzzle Stadium. Stadium. Stadium, Puzzle League, Snap, like all those Troze, ones. Yeah. Uh, Pokemon Ranger, Pokemon Mystery Dungeon. The GameCube Tales uh, spinoff and all that. that but yeah, Warriors, Coliseum. And, the Warriors mm-hmm. one, I forget what it's called. Pokemon. Oh, um, wait. Pokemon Tournament? No, no, no. no. It's the... Um, Mm, it's like the horse historical fiction Pokemon. Oh, game. Pokemon Conquest! Pokemon Conquest. Yeah. That was, oh, that was the a crossover best one? spinoff game. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they have ever made. No, I love that game. That was the first um, like professional game review I ever did. Huh? Wow, if, Pokemon Conquest. If Nintendo ever gets the collection bug for real, God help us, because they are. <laughs> they so have many. this library. I, w- I was just thinking about that. We got that cool Mario collection on Wii, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but um, which had All-Stars in it. Like, All-Stars on Switch would be great just to bring back the 2D Mario games. They got Mario Maker now, so they're not going to jump on that. But if they did something with really cool packaging and really get it, give, it, give it the special edition treatment, mm-hmm. it'd be so cool. And then, yeah, yeah they, have, they have all these franchises that have been around for these many years. It would be, it'd be, be really cool if they actually went serious and created these really glossy collections. I'd buy them all. I go nuts. Yeah, in I Japan, think a lot of people would. <laughs> in Japan, they did the little, um, they did these mini cartridge boxes for, um, for Zelda Two and stuff. Oh, have you man. ever seen those? No. I, I have those. They they looked like the original packaging with like see through plastic, but they mm. like miniature, so they miniaturized them. And um, we never got that cool stuff yeah. over here. There's a lot them. of cool stuff we don't yeah. get over here. Yeah, for sure. Like the Mario Maker Two stylus. No, yep. we're not oh, going right. to get that. Give us the Nintendo us Arcade the Collection, all the arcade games in so, one yeah. package. Yeah. Give us the Famicom Disk System games that we have so, in here. Hey, you oh. Pikachu. If, yeah, I mean, if, <laughs> if they release these collections, so, I mean, mm-hmm. fine, Scott, thanks. Um, I want them to come with, like, special Joy-Con or something. Yeah, Like, I would awesome. buy that so quickly. It's just, like, if you had every special edition to come with a special edition kind of Joy-Con to, like, kind of, like, commemorate that. I mean, absolutely. What if that. it was 200 bucks? Because of that, would you still want it? <laughs> Just kidding. I don't know. That's a lot. Maybe because Joy-Con are like eighty bucks. They're yeah. not cheap. Yeah. Oh man, yeah, Depends you're right. On the I think. Yeah. Maybe it we would can bring down the cost in the future. Yeah. Make them out of crappy plastic. No, that's okay. You can keep the quality up. Okay. Let's have Tom mod. Get two hundred bucks. Yeah. No. So moving on to games out this week. 
We've got, um, first of all, Little Friends, Dogs and Cats is out uh, 527, um, May 27th. I don't know why I'm just reading off the paper. <laughs> $29.99. It's um, kind of like Nintendogs. Not kind of. It, it, it's Nintendo. Yeah. Nintendo and cats. It, it just shows. It just shows how relaxed Nintendo is about people cribbing their style nowadays. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. it's pretty you similar. Know. Have Have anyone? Have any of you? You've played Crystal Crisis. I did. Which is I, on the yeah, list. I'm really digging it. Um, that's mm-hmm. I'm, I'm playing that a lot actually. Um, once I so I started it and played it in the 3D display mode and it can get a little confusing with the edges. I found the option to turn it into 2D 2D and now it's perfect for me. Okay. <laughs> um yeah, and it has uh you know uh, it has Isaac from Binding of Isaac in there. It's got uh, Atom Atomu, what's his name in English? Uh the the anime character, the oh, what's his name? Come on. Wait, I don't wait, Te- wait. Tetsu um, and Atomu. Oh, um, um gosh, on. I know it. I can see him Something in my boy. brain. Yeah, Astro, uh, Boy? Astro Boy. Astro, Astro Boy. There. Okay. I was like, I can see his God. face and That's his funny. hair. I knew Astro Boy was in it, but I didn't yeah. know the Japanese name. Yeah. I, I was yeah. like, what's I, going on? They got, uh, I, see that. I was like, wait, what? Sorry, I've only no, watched yeah, it in yeah, Japanese. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, he's in there. You know, obviously, characters from Cave Story and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's Puzzle Fighter. Uh, you know, cool match game. Uh, you can play four player against each other. So that's what's oh, been going. Oh wait, on. I remember watching you play that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it's you really and, fun. And Damon and Justin. Were I played all... against Justin, and yeah. I hate Justin. <laughs> yeah. Did you beat him? Uh, I've beat him a couple of times, but he's really good at it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. He's kind of a. Got to train up. Yeah. 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 You got to be better. <laughs> so um, also for family week honor is um Lapis X Labyrinth mm-hmm. on May twenty eighth, also for twenty nine ninety nine. Yeah. Um, and then. Lastly, oh hey, you added another. I game. added one. I'm sorry. I oh no, that's that fine, Tom. You. I didn't see that. What is Gato Roboto? Uh, Gato Roboto is a cat in a mech suit Metroidvania All right, game. I'm sold. Okay, downloading. <laughs> um, I believe it's published by Devolver. It came okay. out as of today for the the podcast listeners. I haven't had a chance to play it yet, but outside of a PAX demo, mm-hmm. um, but I had a lot of fun with it, and I know Brian would be very mad if we didn't mention it because he played through it. He said it's fairly short, like four or five hours, mm-hmm. he said, okay. but he loved it. He so like really, really liked true, it. I mean, this sets a new record. This is the very first Metroidvania on Nintendo Switch. Yeah, it's <laughs> yes. true. And the first Brian's ever what played. What is a Metroidvania? <laughs> it's, a, it's a Brian I'm, Altano game is okay. what it is. Altano. <laughs> yes. Uh, no, no, obviously but, there are lots of those games, but this one's supposed to be good. Yeah, I, oh. I, I enjoyed it at a brief demo. I can't speak for how much better it is after yeah. that but yeah apparently brian likes it and it's definitely one to look at because it's only eight bucks yeah cool. cool and lastly brothers a tale of two sons um comes out on it was came out on may 28th um for 14.99 and it was originally released in 2014 it has a 90 yeah. on metacritic i liked it a whole lot when i played it when it first came out mm-hmm. uh and so like a, a big part of this is that you're controlling each of the brothers mm-hmm. with a, one joystick on each hand so that's kind of a challenge of like kind of coordinating these two brothers mm-hmm. I remember that game. Yeah. Jeez, yeah, it's and it's really good. Five years. Yeah. Holy moly. So, yeah, that was, the, that was the first game by the guys who then went on to do uh, Joseph Ferris and, gosh, what's it called? A the, Way Out. A Way Out. A Way Thank Out. You. That oh, co-op okay. the, uh, yeah. the F the Oscars guy, yes. if you remember him. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that he's. Uh, I mean, he loves making co-op experiences mm-hmm. that aren't just put two players on the screen that can do the same thing. It's really yeah. coordinated gameplay and level design around co-op, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like that stuff. So what's everyone playing this week? Nothing. Nothing? Nothing at all? I'm, oh God, I got sucked E3. back into Assassin's Creed Odyssey, oh. <laughs> which is, I can't believe how good that game is. Mm. A, I, a lot of people around yeah. the office have gotten back into it. Oh, it's just, it, it's so daunting because it's so big. So now there's a lull in releases. So mm-hmm. I've been going back to those games. No, but I'm uh, playing a lot of Picross S3 on the Switch, as you may have guessed, and uh, <laughs> obviously Crystal Crisis. All right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What about you, Tom? Uh, I'm still playing Xenoblade Chronicles 2. Please update on our audience yeah, how you on doing? how it's going. Yeah. A lot of people were very happy to hear that I was playing that game mm-hmm. and wanted updates, so I'm happy to give updates if you want to hear them. I'm not too much farther than I was because I was very, very busy this weekend, so I mainly just planned the train. Um, but I finally got to the point where you open core crystals, and I'm like, oh, whoa, it's a gotcha game, and I didn't realize yeah. it, uh-huh. and I had no idea. But you don't pay. No, you don't pay. Yeah, but uh, I'm I'm going into this game very blind, and it's very fun to discover how much deeper it is than I was expecting. Mm-hmm. I'm right now. I'm at I think it's called Toragoth, which whatever the like the first main city outside of the like hub, the very 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 first city is, uh, and I'm kind of hitting that little bit of a JRPG slump where all of the missions are just like stupid fetch quests mm-hmm. that I yep. don't really care about. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that a lot of people told me that this game takes a while to get going. So I'm going to push through that. 
Right now, the missions are just a little bit tedious, mm. but the actual combat and the world and the characters and the story have so hooked me, and I'm I'm excited to play more. So obviously, we're we're trying to uh, get Tom ready to review. Uh, <laughs> uh, Chronicles 3 when it gets announced at E3. Please and, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so whenever those fetch quests are getting up, usually what I do is I put on a movie or something. Uh-huh. Kind of, like, focus on a little bit, but still do the fetch quest. Okay. Yeah. Like, yeah, just jump yeah. back and forth. Like if it's a little tedious and you're not like doing any major story stuff, yeah, yeah it's fine. So far, there were two missions in a row, one main and one optional, where it was like, go find out information in the town mm. and literally just scattered your map with quest markers of oh, specific people and you just those. have to walk to them uh, and talk to them and then walk to the next and talk to that person and then walk back and complete the quest and it just felt like it's just not it's not very clever design it's not the worst thing in the world yeah. but yeah. it's so uninteresting almost every major open world game does this now. yes like it, yes assassin's creed does it too it's like crime scene investigation little question marks mm-hmm. and, some, and some find out something definitely yeah. do it better than others yeah. though like if, if that encounter is engaging and interesting like, if they sure. have something cool to say then yeah. it makes it worth it but if it's not then you know it just feels like yeah waste of time. yeah i always thought the arkham games did a nice job with that mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. kind of like something happened here figure out what happened here i like that also if anybody has advice for like when to sell stuff and not to please let me know because i'm so confused about oh. the collectibles I wonder if we have a wiki page on that. Hmm. <laughs> oh, maybe we do. I'll, I'll look yeah. it up. Mm-hmm. What about you, Miranda? What are you playing? Uh, I have also been having my fair share of fetch quests in Final Fantasy XIV. Oh. So many. <laughs> I started that, and so I was just like, oh, time to put on Jane the Virgin. <laughs> so, like, I'm just going to keep watching that and just like finding some monsters on the side. Hmm. Uh, so I've, start, I've really been playing a lot more PC games, weirdly. Um, I built a PC, and now I'm just like, wow, I can play so many more games. So that's huh. been kind of occupying my time when I'm at home. Um, so I've been bouncing between Final Fantasy fourteen and Dota 2, as always. Um, and I've actually been kind of going back to Zelda again <clears> a little bit. Um, Breath of the Wild, just because I love that place. And I want to be there always. Yeah. So the Final Fantasy fourteen um, producer, um, Yoshida-san, actually did say he would like to bring Final Fantasy fourteen to the Switch. I don't know if that'll ever happen, but, you know, he wants to, so that counts, right? I'm going to get yep. the character ready to go. Yeah. All right. And, um, what about you? I was playing and very much enjoying Dragon's Dogma. It's a lot more difficult than I remember. Mm-hmm. It's it's good. It's a good difficult. Mm-hmm. It's like very interesting and there are a lot of things to do. But then Dauntless came out and I started playing that. And that's also coming out for the Nintendo Switch this year. And it is cross-play and cross-progression. So right now I'm playing on my PlayStation. But when it comes out on the Switch, I can just play on my Switch. Casey, what the hell is Dauntless? What the hell is Dauntless? Um, so Dauntless is a game that's been in open beta for a long time, and it's kind of like Monster Hunter. Oh! But it's free. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I that's know. It. That's really the pitch, right? Yeah. It's free to play But Monster no Hunter. dragons. Uh, they're different monsters. They're different. They're called behemoths. <laughs> but yeah, and you're a slayer. Um, I was being facetious. Yeah, so of no. course it has <laughs> yeah, it's got It's got monsters in it. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen any particularly dragon like yeah. monsters yet though I'm trying to okay. think if i've seen any yeah i've yeah, seen a, they have really interesting things they have like a giant behemoth that covers itself in like magnetic stones that they uses to attack people with and oh. you have to mm-hmm. attack it while the stones are off all of the monsters have really interesting different mechanics and all of the weapons have different combos that you need to get good at to do well That's and cool. the free-to-play mechanism is done incredibly well in that you don't have to buy anything to progress in the game. You don't have to buy anything to do well. It's all cosmetics. Mm. So like, and That's for the, cool. yeah, and the way they do, they do the hunt pass the same way kind of Fortnite does their pass. For $10, you can unlock better things. Mm-hmm. So you might be tempted to do that because you do get occasional, these things called cores that give you cells that augment your armor. But those are things you can unlock just by playing the game as well. So you, uh, since you're so monster obsessed, did you ever did you ever go back and play Pikmin three? You just played it, right? Yeah. Did you ever play Pikmin three? I didn't. I, okay. I played it when it first came out, but I never finished it. Oh, okay. So. Mm. Yeah. What is it? I still think that has the coolest monster design. Oh yeah, they've got yeah. great yeah. characters in that game. Yeah. The 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 creatures that they come up with and how they fit into this fake. Earth, not Earth, is so cool. Yeah, I'll take a Pikmin one, two, three collection too. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, let's yeah. do I that. I thought about that as well. I was like, is that? That's is just that a enough? trilogy. It's, it's just a trilogy. Yeah. It's still worth it. Same yeah. thing with Metroid Prime trilogy. Oh like, no, they have that stupid. Um, 
the the two D. Oh, one. that one was bad. You don't have to include that. <laughs> oh, Sorry. No. Oh no, I, you. I actually <laughs> I actually just thought of a way better answer for the question. Oh what? All of the early Mario parties. Mario Party one oh, through seven. Oh, one. Okay. Mario Party one through seven. Yeah, that'd be fun. That's Done. a yeah. lot. Okay, that's all I wanted all to right. say. Yeah. Thank you, Tom. <laughs> that's what we need. So now I think it's time for question block. Let's see. So um, from Phil from England, uh, he wrote to us at NBC at IGN.com. So if you have any questions for us, just send them to us and we might answer them on the show. But he says, have you ever been truly stumped in a game, either by poor design, taking a break and forgetting where you were, or just difficult puzzling? I remember becoming lost as a child in uh, The Legend of Zelda Minish Cap and never finishing it. Mm. A shameful admission, I know. Thanks for the great show. Keep the episodes coming. It's great to see you all back in video form as well. I have. I remember I was I was stuck. I mean, I'm sure it happened many times, but uh, in Link to the Past, when I first played it in 1990, I think, whenever that was, um, there was a room with a torch, like, you know, one of those torches that you can light with your lantern. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know you could light them. Oh. Like, I was at this point where I hadn't figured out that the lantern lights the torches. And maybe I didn't read the Japanese careful enough and it gave mm-hmm. you a hint. But I'm like, I didn't know what to do. And I was stuck there for so, such a long time. And then I came back a couple of days later and I went <laughs> with the lantern <laughs> on the thing. And the whole the room went <laughs> let it, it expanded sideways, if you remember that sequence. And that was it was just such a great moment because I'm like, yes, finally. Because <laughs> I love that game so much and I was frustrated I couldn't progress in that one. Yeah. Uh, I have definitely had that happen as well, yep. uh, but with Persona 4 Golden. Okay. So I got stuck on a boss, and I just refused to keep grinding, and I could not figure it out, so I put it down, and it was like one of the last bosses, and it took me months to figure out how to do it. I wow. just had to keep grinding, keep grinding, keep grinding, and I didn't realize how far it was behind, and I didn't want to like compromise anything, so I just kept trying, and then eventually I beat it, and it took me about almost a whole year to finish that game. Whoa. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, so. those are really long games. They're super long. Yeah. I think I had like 120 hours, but I was also in school at the time, so I yeah. had to keep putting it down. Um, so I think that's the most stumped I've gotten in a game. What about you, Tom? I've definitely gotten stuck on uh, awkward design or unclear direction a number mm. of times, but yeah. probably usually I, I'm able to sort it out or look it up or just give up because it frustrates me too much anyway if I'm not overly committed Probably one of the biggest times I ever just gave up on a game was more recently I was replaying Kingdom Hearts mm-hmm. for the first time, kind of leading up to Kingdom Hearts 3. Uh, and I just, I, I I was trying to go through it quickly because I just wanted to get through it and just wanted to play more of the games again. And I got to the fight with uh, Riku near the end, kind of going into the last leg of that chat of that game and I was just underleveled for it, and I didn't oh. want to go back and grind similarly where I was like, you know what? I, I literally cannot do this unless I get way, way better than I already am or go back and just grind out missions. And I just didn't want to do that, and I just gave up. I was like, you know what? Aww. I'll just watch the final cutscenes online Aww. and move on to the next one because I'd already beaten it when I was younger, so I didn't really yeah. feel as bad about that. But nowadays, I was just, yeah, I, I think I just went too, through it too fast, you know? That sucks. Yeah, there have definitely also been some bugs. I remember, I think it was Skyrim. Or was it more? Oh. No, it was Skyrim where there was a quest where you have to collect these tears, which were, you know, like these crystallized tears. And I didn't know what I was doing wrong. I, like, I couldn't collect them. The mission wouldn't freaking end. Turns out one of the tears got stuck in the ge- geometry, uh. and I found it later. It was still there. And like, I couldn't progress past that point. Huh. Yeah. They patched it later, but I had to, like, once I figured out it was the game and not me, I reloaded an earlier save and mm. got around it. Yeah. But that that's so frustrating. There were, you know, back in the days, there were a couple of games where on cartridge where there was a bug you couldn't get around. Like oh, Space yeah. Station Silicon Valley, you couldn't actually finish it. No. There was a bug that prevented you from 100%ing it. It was very that's frustrating. Yep. I, I thought really hard for games that have made me stuck to the point where I couldn't progress. And one of the earliest times that happened, I mean, when I was super little, I had a hard time with like a lot of games, but yeah. you know, mm-hmm. kids. But when I was nine, the Water Temple in The Legend of Zelda Ocarina oh. of Time gave me so many issues. And I remember playing it and leaving my Nintendo 64 on while we had to go to like a Christmas Eve party with my parents or something because I was in the middle of the dungeon and it like resets. Mm-hmm. And I I even got the guide for that game and I still couldn't figure it out. Aww. So I didn't play it for years. And then I went back to it when I was like 12 or 13 and got through it like it's I, like nothing. I never had an issue <laughs> the first don't. time as well. But like it's just when you're in the wrong spot and you don't know yeah. where to go. So that now they in the 
a later re-releases they color coded it. They have oh. different color coding to help you figure it out. Yeah. But um, more recently, which is still quite a few years ago, but monster, um, it was Dragon Quest Monsters Joker, which hmm. was for the for the DS, and it was like you know a monster raising game. And I got to this point where there, I got to a cave, and it was just blocked off, and I could not figure out where to go in that game. Mm-hmm. I wandered around for an hour just grinding and like thinking I didn't talk to someone correctly or I didn't like fight what I was supposed to fight and I could not there was nothing in my my quest list. It was just like continue on through the cave. Mm-hmm. It's like there's nowhere to go. It's blocked off by a boulder or something and yep. I could not figure out what to do. So I never finished that game. No. Yep. I was just thinking about that that sort of thing the other day L- literally yesterday because of Xenoblade where, you know, I I was just earlier in this episode complaining about just markers on maps or go talk to this person and then go talk to that person. It's very checklisty, but the alternate of that is go find three random people in this city that you don't know which ones you uh, need to talk to and yeah. go talk to them. And I don't think that's necessarily any better. Yeah. So yeah. it's 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 funny that <laughs> that is one of those feelings in RPGs that is maybe the most helpless feeling in the world where you're just mm-hmm. like, I don't know what I am doing wrong yeah. here, and I cannot progress. Really and that was you. one of the things I looked up and was like, what am I missing here? And they're just like, just go to the cave. And it's like, there's a giant boulder in the cave. <laughs> <laughs> How do I get rid Aww. of it? Like, I, uh, I still don't know. If I can share a story of someone else really yeah. fast, I, I, this is another Kingdom Hearts-related story. A friend of mine got uh, was completely stuck on Kingdom Hearts. This is somebody I've known since I was one year old, my best friend in the world. Wow. Completely stuck right in Traverse Town the very first time because he didn't own a memory card. He was just borrowing the game mm. and he was just like leaving it on. And when you get to Traverse Town, you have to go into the hotel and save oh, and go to sleep yeah. and then keep going. And he had literally no reason to do that because he didn't have a memory card. So they, he just never saved and he could never progress and he didn't wow. know why mm. until finally at some point he just, I think he had to, he only found out later or only found out once he had a memory card that that's what you needed to do. Oh, wow. man. Yeah, weird, weird edge case. They weren't considering that. Dang. So it does look like we are all out of time today. Thank you so much for watching. Remember, you can catch NBC, also Nintendo Voice Chat, um, every Thursday at 3 p.m., either on IGN.com, YouTube.com, or any of your preferred podcasting platforms. Thank you so much for watching, and remember, this is the only place you can get the thing. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.